it's gone. It's a grand slam. And that's the ball game. This is the Prospects Baseball Show, your inside look at the boys and girls of summer. Here's your hosts, Dean Millard and Jordan Blundell. Hello there, and welcome into the Prospects Baseball Show. It's been a uh, it's been a bit of a spell since we've chatted with you, as there's been a lot going on. But we are back. Uh, Jordan Blundell, the head coach and the AGM, uh, with me again. Uh, your your stash time is almost over, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, we're getting there. Like you know, I haven't heard the intro to the the show for a bit. Yeah. And it just brought back memories of of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air when they let the intro go longer, and I was I was like, man, I wish we had the even longer yeah. intro. I was like, let that play, Dino. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you again. <laughs> yeah, man. you too, man. And we have um, your boss uh, once again, Pat Cassidy, the owner of the Eminent Prospects, uh, in studio with us uh, once again. Pat, thank you so much for coming out and chatting with us today. Yeah, you're welcome. Glad to be here again. We are gonna go, kind of do a bit of a no frills. Um, we're not gonna have uh, the around the horn and the memories. It's just going to be straight conversation today about where the team is, um, where things are uh, obviously going, and uh, we'll maybe talk a little bit about uh, the league and, and you know where we all want to take this league yeah. uh, to the to the next level. So I guess first of all, Pat, let's just get the the news from you. You will be playing, as you mentioned in your uh, press release the other day, at Remax Field next year. Yes, uh, that's confirmed. Do we? Uh Signed off on that a couple days ago, a couple, three days ago. Basically, what it came down to is uh, that fifth year option that uh, was part of our original agreement. Um, at the end of the day, it was decided that at this point in time, that was the best route to go, and uh, that's where we're at. Okay, so this has not been a fun time, though. Um, you know, the last time we talked, we were hopeful and there was going to be no negotiations, and those seemed to drag on. I mean, Jordan was getting sick of saying uh, we're, it's a process because that's what it was. It was a lengthy and, and at, I think at times probably a frustrating process, has it not been? Well, I think uh, frustration and process, those two words uh, go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and the longer the process, the more frustrating. And uh, I think, uh, to be honest, we're probably still, we're still in that process stage in terms of anything long-term. And, uh, you know, that's going to, that's going to resume again after the new year. And, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, the process will continue and there'll be some sort of constructive and positive result no um, kidding. as, as a result of those discussions and negotiations. And, um, but, uh, in the meantime, yeah, right now we're, we're excited about the fact that we have a season next year mm-hmm. and we can move forward with our plans and, and, and really get our, our team back to work here. Cause we've been kind of on the shelf for about three months. Yeah, you've kind of installed, as, as we talked about, when, when it comes to player recruitment and some business uh, deals that you want to get done. Yeah. Now that you know, are you like full tilt into, uh, you know, trying to make up ground for, you know, where you couldn't get a lot of stuff done? Yeah, I think so. Uh, especially on the business side, Dino, you know, with uh, with Ryan in, in the sales department at Keaton, um, and, and some of the stuff I support them with, uh, we've had to hold off on some of the ideas and, and that's what we are. We're, we're idea people, you know, we're always looking to find the next, 
I don't think gimmick's the right word, but the next kind of minor league thing for us to bring to the ballpark to excite our fan base um, and, and galvanize people to come down to Remax and enjoy a great evening at the ballpark. It's, it's one of the best things you can do in Edmonton in the summer. So some of those ideas have, have been put on hold for sure. Uh, as far as the baseball side of things, you know, it, I've been working. Uh, there's been some talks that, that had to be stalled um, and some follow-ups that I couldn't complete probably um, as, as we weren't sure. And, and just to kind of touch on that, like there, there was a point in time where we had spoken to the city and, and they said, you know, go ahead and, and get, yeah, get, get we had discussed that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I want to touch on that a little bit because it, it came from me, you know, that, that did happen at the time. And then, and then we, we caught a snag after that. Right. Um, so unfortunately at that point we, we, we had that little level of frustration come in of, of where, where are we at? Um, but that that's in the past now, thankfully, and, and we're, we're full go. So, yeah, we uh, we announced our first player signing today. I just threw it out on Instagram. All uh, right, Scott, give it to us. Scott Gillespie's coming back, uh, right-handed nice. pitcher from Sherwood Park. Um, he he's uh, kind of a sidewinder guy. Uh, got really good stuff. You know, we get him in that strike zone a little bit more, and and he's he's dominant type. Uh, so we're excited that, to have him back. That's that delivery um, from where it comes from that makes it a little bit yeah. tougher for the batter to pick it up because it's not overhand. It's coming from a different angle, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you get uh, you get different looks out of the bullpen, right. you know, and, and maybe some hitters see that well, some hitters don't, and then that's kind of the the art of the season is figuring out, you know, who does he match up best mm. against righties and lefties, and what team does he have the most success against, and you, you kind of plan that out. Um, it, was, it was kind of funny. I got a good story last summer. Uh, one one of our in between days uh, where we didn't have everybody at the yard, um, I ended up catching one of his bullpens for for him to get some work in. And yeah, like I kind of wish I didn't because it's coming in hot. You know, like he must have been must have been flirting with ninety. It's running all over the place. It's pounding the zone, but it's got a lot of movement. And you know, I was kind of thinking to myself, I'm getting too old for this kind of thing here. Uh, so it's gonna gonna be good to have him back. He's a veteran. Um, you know, he. He, he fits that mold of kind of bleeds prospects colors. Uh, he's car- he's carried the program colors wherever he's been. Uh, and, and we're happy to have him back. He's going to bring some leadership and some, some back-end important innings to us. So Oh, that's good yeah. stuff. So you can start moving ahead with that process. And, 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 and Pat, that, that includes a lot of your partners um, that want to be a part of this. What have you been hearing from them throughout this? Because, you know, they have to decide where they're money is going to be spent and they want to spend it with you, but they were unsure. Did you hear from your partners a lot about, uh, you know, geez, this is taking a long time here. Well, I guess the one thing we did do was we, we did reach out to, to our partners mm-hmm. probably, um, you know, as long as, um, a month to six weeks ago, and we've tried to stay in touch with them and, and keep them abreast of where things are at and, uh, you know, let them know that we're in a process and, things are we're hopefully moving forward and uh yeah so it's it's um you know it's it's difficult for them as well um it's um i mean we got some situations where some of these partners would like to do longer term deals sure and, and we can't do those types of deals at this point in time and uh but uh, i i think what you're going to find is i would say 90 to 95 percent of our partners will be back good and uh you know we're, we're we're already finding some new partners and i mean that's a that's the nice thing about this this um this baseball team and what we're doing down at the ballpark is there's just it's like a bandwagon and mm-hmm. we keep finding more and more people that want to get on the bandwagon and and uh, you know from that perspective it's it's extremely encouraging mm-hmm. well you you see it on social media whenever we 
post about something, people are either questioning, you know, what's going on? When is this happening? Or they're excited that it is happening and uh, to get back. Now, you know, part of your proposal for Remax Field was a lot of renovations that you guys were looking at. I, I'd imagine with only a one-year deal right now, those are going to have to wait. That's, uh, you know, that was kind of the point of a longer-term right. uh, window so that we could we could get some of these things done that need to be done. Uh, there's some good news on that front in that the city's uh, already, I guess, put a contract in place to replace the lights. Good. Uh, which is which is good. Uh, it's something that needed to be done and, and something that uh, in the long term will, will be beneficial from a cost efficiency standpoint in terms of operating the ballpark. Um, but, but you know, we were pretty excited. We were getting pretty excited about uh, a new score, digital mm-hmm. scoreboard and what we could do with that and how we could uh, increase the fan experience with that type of uh, equipment. And yeah, unfortunately, we, you know, we're probably going to have to wait on that again. And, you know, we've got, um, we've got... Uh, a turf field that really needs to be replaced and upgraded. And uh, there's a bunch of other minor stuff. And we were, you know, kind of excited about mm-hmm. uh, activating that uh, lounge year round. And right. so, you know, with a lot of this stuff that uh, we felt was, was, was really neat and really cool and what stuff we wanted to do, you know, once again, we're kind of we're kind of on hold with with a bunch of that stuff. No doubt. Uh, by the way, uh, if you want to get in touch with us on the show, uh, we are on Twitter at Prospects Pod at Jordan Blundell Four uh, at Duck Millard. Uh, you can get a hold of Pat at Capacity Twenty Three, and of course at EDM Prospects uh, for all uh, the team needs. Uh, the the new lights going in will be. Uh, a nice upgrade um, for your players. Yeah. So we had remember we had John Short on, and he was talking about uh, lights and and back in in the minor ball days. But uh, that'll be something that'll be you know especially for guys that have played before or, or coming in. We'll be like, wow, this is pretty nice. Yeah, it does make a difference. Yeah, it? you know, and and our lights were adequate. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but they needed they needed a, a facelift for sure. sure. They need some some tender. TLC there. Um, some of the lights were out uh, that that we just didn't have access to and. And thank goodness for the quality of lights, the AAA standard that we have up there, that, that there were still enough lights to uh, light the ballpark up properly. Um, it, it's a huge facility, so you, you need to take that into account when, you, mm-hmm. when you're thinking about, okay, how do, we, how do we make sure that we get the coverage that we, that we need? And um, it was still probably the league leader in lights, but yeah. you know, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing these LED lights and what that will bring. And, and I think that'll be a good thing for our fans too. I think that will that that will improve the fan experience as well. So, um, you know, from from our side of things, everything we do has the fans, you know, best interest in mind. You right. know, they're they're the they're the lifeblood of our program. So, um, anything that we can do or anything we think is better, we'll try. We're always looking to increase that uh, and 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 keep driving up fan numbers and keep having people come out because. You know, like last year, opening night, 3,000 people and the uh, buzz in the crowd and the pregame patio so party. Awesome. And it was. The walk-off. It just was. Yeah, it was <laughs> such a great night. Yeah. I was so happy to be a part of that yeah. broadcast that night uh, because it was there was so much uh, so much buzz. And it was cool because that was the first broadcast we did That's at right. that level. Uh, and, and, you know, at this point, we, we've set the, the standard for the league. I agree. In, in what our vision is to help this league get to, um, we were able to execute that last year. And like you said, it was fun. It was fun for me to be a part mm. of 
it was fun that you were there and we were doing yeah. the show and it, yeah, just just great memories from that night. Yeah, I, I will say the the broadcast that Rob Zitlow and ICU Video does is uh, top notch. Yeah. It, it's you know uh, that center field camera. You know we would do interviews with players and coaches. Uh, you joined me for an interview one time, so uh, it is great. Uh, Jordan mentioned that uh, you, you had the green light and then it hit a snag. Uh, was that the peak of frustration for you? The peak. <laughs> or, or maybe there was something more. I'm not sure. I haven't really measured that on a graph or anything like that. But, uh, there's been a few. Um, you know, just uh, it'd be one for sure. I mean, I you know, we thought we were moving along in a in a, in a constructive, uh, positive manner. And uh, and uh, to, to sort of have it go sideways again, to have the cart come off the tracks, it was it was frustrating. And, um, you know, I got a... I gotta, a commend the the president of our league kevin kavami he uh he did step in in the late going here and came at it from the league's perspective and i, I think that was really really helpful and it was uh, something kevin's good at he's got that skill set and just the extra weight that the league brought to the table was was really instrumental in helping us you know at least get to where we are right now oh wow that's uh and so that just kind of happened recently then i would say in the last couple of weeks yeah huh were you at a point where you were like saying to the league listen i you know you're we're, we're we're past deadlines here yeah we were we were at that point uh you know but by this uh or actually two weeks ago middle of uh, middle of november mm-hmm. last year our schedule was already out and and here we are today without a league schedule yet so you know it's uh it, it just affects everybody when you've got one franchise that mm-hmm. uh, says they you know everything's a go and and yet we can't really we're not a go there's still some issues that need to be resolved before we're we, you know, we can go, but we have to also be viable. And, yeah. and, and I guess that's kind of what it came down to. We needed, we needed a viable path and, and really we, we, we hadn't been able to achieve that. And, uh, that was kind of the frustrating part. Um, but, uh, but yeah. You know, the, the patience from your league, uh, obviously has been, you know, as, as Pat just mentioned, pretty extraordinary because, you know, they have things that they have to move forward yeah. to, um, you know, you're, you're in Edmonton, it's a big market, so they want you part of the league. Uh, maybe just from your perspective, Jordan, from what you've seen from the, the league and, and how patient and, yeah. and and how helpful they've well, been in this. Right? I, I get a great vantage point because I, I, I get to be on field with the talent and, and you know, see uh, the players and how, how everything happens day to day, inning, inning, pitch to pitch. Uh, but the cool thing is I get to see it from the, the business side and, and the management side as well uh, with my other role as the AGM uh, and, and be a part of league meetings and be a part of, you know, economic development within the league and ideas and, and you know, to commend our league and uh, as much as we compete in season uh, once the first pitches are thrown um, and, and we'll compete on ideas in the boardroom when we get together as a league at our general meetings and whatnot. Um, it, it's a family, you know, we don't always agree on everything. Mm-hmm. We all have different needs, uh, in the league with our franchises. Um, uh, but, uh, that's one of the special things about this league is, is there's common ground there. There's a willingness to, uh, you know, continue to move this league f- further ahead and do things that are special for baseball in Alberta and Saskatchewan and continue to build. Um, cause I think everybody in our league views, views our ability to spur a love of the game. And so there, there's always that underlying tone in everything that we do individually as a group in the league that, that uh, it's special to be a part of. Um, and and 
like the 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 WCBL has that ability to um, ignite a passion uh, in fans, in kids, in players. Mm-hmm. You know, kids get a chance to come up here from from all over the place, and and you know, not knowing what they're coming into, and then leaving, being like, "Holy cow, that was an amazing experience." Um, and if that's the worst thing that we have happen, that's pretty good. And then, you know, we've got guys that end up in pro baseball, uh, get opportunities partially because of what they were able to accomplish in our league. Um, it, it, it's just a special situation. And like I said, as much as we compete on the field and we're, we're kind of going at each other for schedule and all these other little things, uh, there is some common ground there. And it's like, we, we are family at the same time. So it's really awesome that the league sees us as an important part um, I think all the franchises have an important part in this league, uh, whether whether you're the big market or the small market or the medium market. Um, we all work together to continue to to move this forward and bring more talent in, and, and put more eyeballs on this product and and the sport of baseball. And I think we kind of carry the torch, uh, at least for kind of the prairie area, right. that there is something for kids to aspire to, and there is growth potential. Uh, within our league, but also for kids that come to the ballparks and see these crowds, you know, 705, the anthem, the murmur, the, the walk-off hits, mm-hmm. and, and the, the, the crowd roars, um, if that doesn't inspire you as a, a budding baseball player, you know, th- then that's not going to be your sport. Yeah, but if right. you're in you the know, ballpark it, when one of those things happens, you're, you're loving life. And Jordan talks about growth of the league, and I think uh, if, you, if you go back to when I first got involved back in 2007, I think... Uh, we were we were putting about a hundred thousand people into the the seats league wide, right? And, and this year we hit three hundred thousand. Wow! And you know that growth just continues year year to year. And then the other thing you're seeing is uh, new franchises coming on stream, mm-hmm. like Sylvan Lake, and uh, recently Fort McMurray with you know some fantastic facilities uh, built and proposed to be built. And so I I just think we're on the like the the cutting edge here, the cusp of something really cool in terms of baseball development in, in Western Canada, Alberta, Saskatchewan in, in particular. But yeah. what we're doing here really affects all of Western Canada. You've got a lot of players that, uh, you know, do their college in, in, in British Columbia, and then they come to they come to and play in this league and, and in the Northwest U.S. And it's, uh, I, I don't think people realize just where this league is at and where potentially it could go. I mm-hmm. think uh, there's just a lot of opportunity. Yeah, I, I well, think the the potential growth for this league is huge. Yeah, the, the kids in BC talk about wanting to come and play in this league, and and we're one of the options. We've had really good BC players and really good young men as well, uh, like the dual threat people that are mm-hmm. good off the field and on the field, and and have a great experience in Edmonton. They go back to Vancouver, or the mainland area, or the island, and they have a positive experience. And and then their new teammates hear about that, mm-hmm. and then there's interest. Um, and, it's and a trickle down effect. It really is exactly. a domino trickle down yep. effect. And mm-hmm. and, all, and the uh, they're having good experiences in the other markets too. Sure, so yeah. So then the recruiting wars happens. Like, that's no, right. we want that guy. Well, we don't want. And that's you to a go. good thing for the league. It is. It, it's a really good thing for the league when you have that kind of competition. So, Pat, we know you'll be at Remax Field 2020. Yes. What is uh, the future of the Edmonton prospects, and what is the future of Remax Field? What 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 have you been told? past 2020 what is going on with the future of remax field from what you've been told so and and i've been in you know involved in a lot of conversations um <clears throat> i think uh i think the future of remax field is solid i think the city is committed to to the ballpark um, um you know the fact that they're investing a bunch of money in lights 
uh, is you know starts to speak to that from yeah. From if, if you're going to build condos, you're probably not doing that. You wouldn't be doing the yeah. lights, right? And and so and and you know we've heard from various departments and various people they want the ballpark. They're, sure. they're trying to create a, a, a you know an area down there with the river crossing development that that is an activity center it's a gathering place for people as it should be as it should be it's a, it's 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 probably the most phenomenal piece Beautiful. of ground in yeah. in Edmonton you know and uh, it's got so much potential and and so i think i think the ballpark is is safe and i think baseball the game of baseball is safe and okay. and i feel strongly that uh, the you know that the city um, wants the edmonton prospects to be a part of it I, I guess the the piece that's um, you know creating the complication is is how it all fits into the greater context of of uh, of the of a development. They're trying to bring some players into the mix that maybe have the capacity to to do some things that uh, help spur and provide catalyst to further development from a development standpoint around the ballpark adjacent to the ballpark. And uh, you know it's. Um, I, th- I think that's what's creating some of the complication and uh, you know they they don't want to box themselves in and, and I think you know they want to move forward with the prospects and then they get cold feet and think that well maybe we're boxing ourselves in and you know um, the, the the prospects balance sheet just doesn't look as good as this other this other balance right. sheet or potential balance sheet with with some big moneyed people and uh, you know so they're 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 looking for they're looking for some strong leadership um, from 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 somebody and we're trying to provide it and we're trying to do what we can uh you know we can't do it all but we, we can do what we do we uh i th- you know i think from uh from an operating standpoint and from creating excitement and creating programming and and activating that ballpark i think i think we're a tremendous asset to the city and i think they see us that way but there still needs to be that added element that uh, can help uh you know move this along uh, in the direction they're hoping it goes so it's, I guess it's, you would say it's still up in the air. They, they're still trying to decide the long-term um, future plan because it, it should be like, you know, I, I go to the, I go to Winnipeg. I was just there. That Forks area in the summertime where you've got the ballpark and restaurants and the river and it's awesome. That That's what, well, you know, agreed. we don't have a Forks, but we have a great river valley oh, that absolutely. should be like what it is in, in Winnipeg and um, you know, I, I hope the long-term plan of that includes you guys. Are you confident? Well, I think I think it includes, you know, it includes us, and, and primarily right now because there is no other option. You know, there's no other team, there's no other viable league that that makes sense, and and uh, they're they're stuck with us whether they like it or not. Um, and so they're they're trying to just fit that all into a uh, into a formula. Where, where, where it works for us, it works for them, and potentially maybe it works for a third party that maybe can help catapult the development. I think they have a vision. I think they, mm-hmm. they see the future. Uh, but to get there, you, you, need some, you need some people to make it happen, right? And, uh, and as I said to uh, Reed Larson on his show last night, I mean, we're, we're always willing to sit down and talk to people and, and see what we can come up with. We're pretty creative ourselves. And, and uh uh, we would welcome those types of conversations, but really, so far, you know, that's not really the process or the way it's been the way it's been put together. Hmm. That kind of a buzz around a ballpark is uh, like you, you've been to lots of major league ball ballparks. Um, none of them are in like standalone locations with nothing around them. Um, just what do you think of um, you know looking long term? A night at the ballpark could be like down there. It's exciting. For sure, and and uh, you know the 
Edmonton's and and this is where I go back to like Edmonton's a city of champions, not just in sports, but in development, in the arts, in education, in AI. Right now, all all facets of life, Edmonton is a city of champions. So we have this opportunity to do something amazing mm -hmm. in that area. You already have a facility that's amazing. Um, we feel like our product's a perfect fit, uh, and, and if things start to grow there. Um, that bodes well for the ball club in, in creating more fandom. And, and that's our ultimate goal. Everything we do is designed to attract more people to check out our product. Because we think if you come in once, you're going to come in again. It, it's that level of product. Um, so it's, it's really exciting to think about what could happen down there. But then also knowing that things don't happen tomorrow for right. sure. And, and um, over, over the next 10 years, um, I think it could become exactly as you, uh, as you describe the way it is in Winnipeg and some of these big league ballparks where there's things that are happening around. Yeah. Um, what Remax Field has is is an allure and uh, romanticism about walking into the facility. So if you're a little kid, it's a big facility. Yeah. It's a big facility for me. Yeah. Just parking and looking at it and being like, wow, I get to go in here and do do a job. Yeah. This is where I get to work. This is awesome um, and, and surreal at some level that you get to walk into this awesome facility. Well, um, I walked in there when I was, you know, 12, 13, and it was like, wow, this is, I don't know any different. This is big leagues. I don't exactly. know any different. So the fact that um, we can maybe attract more families down to that area that maybe don't even know much about baseball and just say, hey, we'll check it out. It's something to do with it's our something kids. Something to learn, maybe. Yeah, you know, if you, it, you know, just like going to the science center or going to the water park, something to do. Yeah. Well, if, you're, if you're, your son or daughter all of a sudden finds a love for science, you're going to keep going. That's right. You know, and if they have a great time at the water park, you're going to try and find a way to do it again. So if the city and us and everybody that's involved are able to, to kind of grow that river crossing area and bring more families down, then we get to introduce them to the, the great sport of baseball and, right. and you know one or two kids fall in love with that then it's that exponential growth because mm -hmm. then they come with their friends and, and then they're playing backyard baseball they're doing wiffle ball in september when the season's over here but playoff baseball's on they're in the <laughs> backyard doing wiffle ball stuff and then down the line a big leaguer comes from here because they were immersed in this awesome environment and that's where this goes. Like Mike Soroka. Exactly. That's you know, where the, this goes. The, 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 it's it's a, a wheel, right? It continually It gives spins. you that, that yeah. thought that you can. You know, it, Remax Field has location, and location yeah. is everything. There's, you know, the reason, there's a reason the Oilers aren't playing where they were and why they're playing where they are now. Location, right? Um, let's talk about Spruce Grove as locations. Um, tell us about... The potential of uh, Spruce Grove, is that um, a plan B for you if Remax doesn't work out? Is it a, uh, you know, a plan uh, 1A? Is it, you know, what, what's going on with Spruce Grove? Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, it's always been um, thought of as, as an, uh, an addition to, to what's going on, okay. not as an alternative. Um, and the reason for that is, I mean, we watch what's going on in, in other WCBL locations and we particularly pay a lot of attention to what's going on in Okotoks. Yes. And I mean, because what, what's going on in Okotoks is actually a phenomena, you know, a North American phenomena uh, that a community of 25,000 people, I believe is what it is. And they're able to, to draw, you know, almost 4,000 fans per game. 
to a to a summer college yeah. league is is you know it's it's kind of like what's what's going on in in Madison with the Ducks where they draw sixty one hundred and have been doing so for years. Right. Like, these are these are these are strange, odd things, and and uh, you know I kind of look at at Okotoks and why why is that going on, and and so when you study that. <clears throat> You start to and you and you look at well where else where else might that occur where mm-hmm. else does that make sense and and you look at Spruce Grove and it's it's a it's a very similar potential story there you know to think that you could duplicate that phenomena maybe that's not realistic but you, if you get close to it even you're if doing you get well. halfway there yeah. it's it's successful right and uh, you what, gotta, a, you what gotta, attracts you to Spruce Grove what do you um, like about it. The size, uh, the fact that it's uh, half an hour out of Edmonton, so it's got its own identity. Um, the fact that uh, it's got a tremendous uh, baseball program of eight, nine hundred kids that play baseball each year. Yeah, a lot of young families. It's one of uh, Canada's fastest growing cities. Mm-hmm. So. You got Stony, that's uh, another location right close, yeah, right? Just, and just talking to the city manager a few days ago, he mentioned that within half an hour of a ballpark, wherever it eventually gets located in that community, You've got seven hundred and fifty thousand people wow. within half an hour. We, we talked about that with Sylvan Lake about having two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. in that half an hour radius. Right. Uh, this is this is really, you know, this it's really exciting. Yeah, and and you know, and then and you know, you're starting with a blank slate. So sure. now, so now you can create a ballpark that's properly designed, you know, to mm-hmm. today's modern standards, and you can start adding amenities to it, like per- perhaps maybe a microbrewery is one of the things. Right. You know, I'm keen on and. And, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're having discussions with the local baseball organization about, a, you know, maybe this is a good spot to attach a field house to it. And, yep. and, you know, and the list goes on and on when you start to think about the types of uh, support amenity type businesses that, that make sense to, to sort of cluster on one location mm-hmm. where they can, where they can support each other and where you can start to now look at generating activity year round rather than just through the summer months, which is one of the challenges with baseball. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting and, and you got a community that wants it. Um, it, so it's just, it fits the, it fits the Western Canadian baseball league model to a T and Red Deer, I think is in that same category, uh, Spruce Grove, and there's probably a couple others I don't want to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, uh, there's just a ton of reasons, lots of reasons. Oh, that, that sense. It, it's exciting. When we had, uh, Akil Samuel on, who was, uh, going to head up the uh, Sylvan Lake expansion team. We talked to him about that stadium, and and you know they they use the term state of the art and just how cool it is. Like, you know, I don't know if you ever played that Sim City game where you get to build stuff. Like, this is like you yeah. you, you know you get to be a part of it. Um, I always thought it was cool at uh, the I think it's Shaw Park now in uh, Winnipeg, and and some of these ballparks where they have like a restaurant out in right field or left field and you, you're eating and you're watching a guy catch a ball on the wall. Just, just some of those things have to be exciting when you're thinking potentially of building a new stadium and, and you might have some input. Um, it's, you know, the, you, you know, you, you, you have all these ideas, big or small, right? Yeah, no, totally. And, and like Pat touched on a field house and, and they have a great baseball s- situation out there with the amount of kids, but there's other other sports doing really well out in that community mm-hmm. too. And, and you look at being, um, open for business, but in the sense that maybe what we can do can help provide uh, support for other sports and, and other industries like, like microbrewery and field house and commercial and, and all these things that the ballpark can be an economic driver right? and, and help 
uh, attract people to that area and spur more development outside of what we're mm -hmm. looking at. So, yeah, dude, like exactly like you said, when you're when you're 13 playing Sim City and you're excited that you want to build a, a utopian society, it's gonna That's be right. great. Well, this is a little bit of a little bit of that. It's a piece of this. Yeah, and it, you guys have events at uh, currently. Uh, you're running events off season and, and during the season at uh, Remax. Uh, there's no reason you couldn't have uh, some sort of concert series out there and stuff like that. And, you know, bands that, no. you know, don't play in Edmonton, but want to play out there. I, I just think the possibilities are endless. So it, what are we looking at? Where is Spruce Grove in the, the grand plan right now? Is it in, just in the initial idea stages? Is there some actual planning going on? You know, when can we, ex when do you expect some sort of, news or uh, resolution on uh, what's going on in Spruce Grove? Well, so there, there's a process underway. Um, we've, we've got, uh, you know, what we're trying to do right now is um, uh, in concert with some conversations uh, we're having with the city is we're trying to find the best location. Right. And, you know, we've, uh, we've identified a few and, and uh, so, so we're going through the, doing our due diligence on those locations and with the, with the goal of, uh, you know, finding the right location in the not too distant future. Um, every, every spot we're looking at has its pluses and minuses. And at the end of the day, after we go through this process, uh, it'll be a matter of, you know, mm -hmm. picking the best one and deciding on it and then, and then putting the plan together and, and, you know, the architectural design for it, the site layout, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, we're in the process. We've, we've got, uh, we've, we do have some investors that are, keen on on spruce grove and they're keen on they're keen on edmonton they're keen mm -hmm. on our the greater edmonton community and uh so we've got some people that are stepping up to the plate and i think once you know things start to get a little more solid there's going to be there's going to be more and more of these types of people that want to want to get involved i think one of our early strategies will be to to sell uh, seat licenses and basically you Right. You know, we're, we're going to maybe set aside 200 prime premium seats uh, that you can buy, purchase for life. And, you know, there'll be some, you know, some, some, uh, some other investment type component to it. And it's basically just to help uh, create additional, uh, you know, equity in the project at the early stages so we can, we can get it off the ground sooner rather than later. So this is not necessarily, as you mentioned before, a plan B for the prospects. Um, you know, this is something where, you know, the, it would be another team you're looking at, or is this, you know, how, maybe explain that, how that works. No, ab absolutely. A second team, uh, another franchise. And, nice. Um, <clears throat> you know, it fits well with, with our league. Uh, one of the issues we have even, let's say you take the Fort McMurray franchise, they've got some travel issues. They're, they're five and a half hours north of us. So imagine how Indeed, far they yeah. are from Regina and yeah. some of these other centers. And so, uh, you know, if they can come down to, do, you know, get on the bus on a road trip and they can catch Edmonton, on their way down to Medicine Hat or, or wherever, and then on their way back, they can catch Spruce Grove. Mm -hmm. Sylvan and, Lake in the middle. In the yep. Sylvan Lake in the middle. And, and all of a sudden, you know, everything just becomes tighter. More economical, yeah. More economical and just more viable from from not just the perspective of, uh, you know, of Spruce Grove mm -hmm. or Edmonton, but more viable from Fort McMurray's perspective. And it's just a, it's just a good... Uh, you know, a good fit all around. Yeah, the league is obviously uh, uh, excited about uh, potentially adding another team well, in this area. Yeah, the league's uh, the league identified a number of years ago that a, a second team in the Edmonton market made sense. I mean, we are the largest uh, market in in the league. Right. When you talk about the greater Metro Edmonton area, I don't know what we're at. Maybe one point two, one point three million people. 
And, uh, you know, so there was talk about putting two teams out of Remax. Didn't like that. Um, I thought it was going to be too hard for fans to, you know, decide who they want to cheer for, A. Yeah. But you're also looking at maybe six or seven ball games, home stands where both teams are, one's in for three, one's in for three. And, you, you, you know, you've got basically 70 days of baseball in the summertime and 62 of them, there's a game going on. And if you ever have anything close to the summer you just had now, it's a disaster. Yeah, with the with the weather the way it was. Not that maybe Spruce Grove wasn't raining, but still, yeah, yeah. Where, whereas if you're you're in Spruce Grove, at yeah. least the community's far enough away. That's right. Where there's and they've got their own identity. They 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 sort of uh, see themselves as, as Spruce Groveians first, and you know they're not Edmontonians. Right. So they, they've managed to create enough separation between their community and the city of Edmonton to create their own identity. And I think that's important uh, because at the end of the day, when Spruce Grove's playing Edmonton, you you want them beating each other over the head, and and you, you right. don't you don't want them. Uh, working for each other. You want them beating each other over the head to see who, who can win that championship. Yeah. Well, let's speak to that. Um, the fact that, uh, you know, you, you could be managing and, you know, your, your, your rival right now is probably Okotoks because it's that uh, Battle of Alberta sort of thing. Um, you know, now you throw in Silver Lake in the next little while and possibly a Spruce Grove. It gives you that a um, little bit of a closer rivalry. Like Edmonton, Calgary and the WHL is great. Edmonton, Red Deer is even better. Oh. Well, it just gives gives that Sylvan Lake Red Deer greater area an opportunity to dislike somebody yeah, and pick a side and, and yeah. cheer for their team. They and, don't have to cheer for either Okotoks or the prospects because there's there almost literally is a line. I worked in Red Deer <laughs> where it's you're a Flames and a Stampeders fan on this side. Yeah. You're an Oilers and Eskimos fan on this side. So yeah. now it gives that area their own fan base yeah, exactly. and, and you guys an, another natural rival. It, it, it's a it's a perfect fit and it, and it really lights up central Alberta it, it, like that. That area gets their own product and something to be proud of and for those kids to dream of. You know, they don't need to commute, you know, once a summer to get a chance to see, you know, how special this league is. Right. They can go to five games, 10 games throughout the summer. Um, so that's going to spur development, baseball development in that area, in that region. Uh, it's going to make players better. It's going to push all of us outside of that area to get right. better. You know, and then if you add Spruce Grove, it, and then now you've got this little corridor of teams that nobody likes each other. Let's get after right? And, and a healthy rivalry. And there's nothing better. You know, we want, we want fans in Okotoks not to like us and mm-hmm. vice versa. When they come out here, they, you know, they get it from our fans. Right. And that's a fun environment for players. And then that helps recruiting. And then they talk about, yeah. what, Hey man, yeah, we had this game and there was this fan he was going after yeah. their players and it was, you know, as long as it doesn't cross the line, we're that's good. Right, but, yeah. He was, he know, was a good heckler, which a, you guys have. If there's a good heckler, yeah. it's a good heckler. You get recognized for that. And guys, we can be talking about that yeah. in the middle of nowhere in the U S because but, it brings atmosphere it to does. the ballpark. And it's that's energy. what people talk about. Um, nobody sits there and talks about, oh man, that game we won six, one was awesome. And there was 50 people watching, No, you know, like, it's like I played high school games where the Wheat Kings used to play. It was ridiculous. There was like our moms and dads were watching in this 5,000 seat arena. I don't remember those atmospheres, but the one game we had was called pack the place where it encouraged, it was like 4,500 fans. I remember that game because it had atmosphere Mm -hmm. timeline for Spruce Grove. Do you have one? Loose well, timeline. Um, I mean, I, I think uh, step one again is is to secure a particular location. Right. Uh, I can see that taking, you know, till April next sure, year yeah, before yeah. we finalize that. And uh, you know, um, 
to, to, to suggest we could get a ballpark built after that and team on the field uh, for the following seasons probably you know, a little rushed yeah. yeah a little rushed i would say and you don't want to rush it right you don't no, want to rush it you don't really want to rush it you don't need to rush it and we want to do it right and uh, so i think we're probably talking um optimistically the 2022 season okay uh practically maybe 23 somewhere 22 23 somewhere in there is 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 you know what the target we'd be shooting for and uh, i think that's realistic and that would be good. Sylvan Lake's planning coming in 2021 and then you guys uh, shortly after. So the hope is the prospects are at uh, Remax and a new team is playing in Spruce Grove. Is that, 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 is is the, that the hope and the end goal? That is the plan. It's been the plan and and it's uh, it's not an either or. We, uh, we're, we're bullish on the Edmonton market. We love the ballpark down there. We think we're a great fit for that ballpark. And, uh, you know, it's and from our perspective, it's... Uh, it's keep persevering, keep dealing with the process, and um, you know, just stick to it. And uh, it's, it's like anything: if you're if you're going to be successful, you've got to put the time in and put the effort in, and and show the passion. And 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 that's our goal. It's our goal is to let the city of Edmonton know, you know, from the administration to mm-hmm. the to the policymakers to to the fans to our fan base that, you know, yeah, it, we're we're going through some complicated times right now, but stick with us because we're going to stick with the process and we're going to do whatever we can to make it happen. All right. So um, that's uh, uh, the hopeful goal. And and I guess you you, you cross the bridge if uh, the next bridge, when you get to it, if it, I guess if it doesn't, you, you circle back and look at things, but move forward with this plan. And I don't know, I guess the, the rest is up to the, to the city, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's always some things that are out of your control, right? right. And uh, all you can do is control what you can and, and, uh, um, you know, we, we've got a, you know, we bring something to the table and we keep, we keep presenting it and we keep making it better. And, uh, we keep bringing, you know, get more people to jump on the bandwagon and, and we're going to just keep doing that. And, uh, eventually I think, uh, everybody's going to see it our way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope, <laughs> I hope so as well. Um, we've talked about this league and, and where this league can grow. And we've, we've talked a little bit about that today. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things, Jordan, first of all, that you really like about this league? What are some of the things uh, from, uh, you know, a coaching perspective and also, uh, in, in management that you think this league does really well? Uh, the compete level, the, the, the level of want and desire out of the franchises, uh, it's, um, it's a real league and by what i mean by that is is it mirrors the whl there's rivalries inside the league the franchises run themselves like professional organizations uh they treat their players as such even though it's kind of that gray area there if you like semi-pro mm-hmm. but, uh they, they still have college eligibility uh, but their dream is to get to pro baseball and this is an experience of that ilk you know you 705 game 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 all games all summer um, travel, dealing with that, overcoming adversity, uh, preparing properly, learning how to time manage as a as a young young man trying to you know find their way in life. These are skills that will help them if they don't end up being professional baseball players uh, in all walks of life. And and this the, the, what this league provides is is a springboard into real life once they're done. Um, and I and I really love the league for that. Uh, the, the level of compete, the level of athletes in this league. Um, I mean, shoot, you, you see things on the field every day that, um, make, make you go, wow. You know, we mm-hmm. had some guys make plays all summer, every game, big pitches, um, big time pitchers, you know, you're facing guys and you know, throwing low nineties, 
um, you know, that, that are like a step away from really getting a chance to move up the ladder in a professional organization. So, um, and then on top of that, Dino, the quality of the kids in this league, and, and I got to experience that uh, from a league perspective at the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't know how it would go. You know, you put some rivals in the same clubby, and, and like I played sports, you, you end up being friends with guys you hate. I get that, but this is a kind of a one-off, one-day. You could see some some people sticking to their own. Uh, but but the level of enthusiasm and friendships that they were created in, in like 36 hours from the guys getting here and other teams, um, I thought that was special. And that, that really bodes well for our league that as much as we'll compete against each other, there there is a respect uh, between athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really love seeing that last year. And the All-Star game gave me a look of what it's like for guys from other teams to say hello and, and you know, kind of uh discuss things and, and talk about their lives and where they go to school and their girlfriends and their families all that stuff was going on at the all-star game it was really special mm-hmm. um and, and you know what that does is it, it just it, it just adds another element to what we think this league can do in our market uh to to enhance sport and development and and link it to school and life development and life development and link it that's kind of where i'm going and link mm-hmm. it to education right like you have to be involved in education to play in our league that's right it's, it's important like we play baseball it's all that uh but you have to be eligible you there have has to be an education th- component that you a have or had to get in the as league. a senior to yeah, get into yeah your exactly league. Yeah. and and uh, I, we probably don't talk about that enough dino that these are these are young men that are pursuing degrees and, and trying to set themselves up for a career yeah. in their life after college and university. And, um, you know, we get so focused on just the game, but, um, you know, these are future leaders in communities all over North America that are experiencing for us, they're coming to Edmonton. Um, they'll end up coming back with mm-hmm. their family in 15 years and with their little Say kids. where I played. Yeah. Exactly. And that's happening yeah. all over the place. Uh, so really cool. what ends up happening is, is, um, you know, like, and the league really kind of spurred this in, in the early 2000s as it started to grow. And, and now that it's grown even more, um, you're going to, you're going to see that like second generation guys that played in this league, you know, in probably eight or 10 years, their kids are going to be coming up to play right. in this league where dad played. Um, and not that that wasn't going on. Like the league has been around in what, one way, shape or form for forever since the forties with Saskatchewan and all that. But as it stands now and the competitiveness and, and kind of the profile, um, you're not that far off from seeing former players, kids now coming in mm-hmm. the league. And, and I think that's the longevity and that's what's special about this league that um, it, it, it's linked to, it's linked to education. And then it's, it's linked to what baseball is all about is, is playing the game, love of the game and, and getting to experience a, a new part of the world for most of these guys. Well, we're seeing in sports in general, um, more than I ever remember, uh, the offspring of former players, uh, not just in hockey, but in baseball, obviously yeah. you look at the blue Jays, yeah. but in every single sport, we're starting to see, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey in the NFL, his dad, Ed playing. And so it's just, it's just amazing. Um, so those are some of the great things about this league, Pat, from an owner's perspective, how can this league grow? You know, what sort of things does this league need to look at to keep growing? and evolving because there's so much competition out there you can't just say our product is good yeah i think that's um that's a good point and and a good question and uh i'm actually involved uh hitting up a a special project for the league and uh it's 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 basically to try to develop a broadcast hub broadcast network for the league to to create um 
just to continue to grow our brand and to get out into the community, you know, in a, in a greater way. Um, you know, we talked about our, our live stream broadcast last year. You know, one of the concepts is, is we developed this great content rich league hub mm-hmm. where all of the live casts, live streams are, are, are um, housed uh, league wide eventually. And there's a standardization of that broadcast to say a level that we produced last year. And, and, you know, start to just think about what that, how that you can then take that and, and, and bring in new corporate partners and, and, and f- fans from not just from the franchise centers, but right, right from across Western Canada. And, uh, you know, eventually our goal is maybe to, you know, you, you noticed the, the basketball group got a, mm-hmm. a, a deal with CBC the other, the other day, just in their second year of operation, which I thought was phenomenal. But I, I think uh, this league is good enough and the product is, is, you know, of that quality that one day, you know, we should have a, like a sports net game of the I week, agree. that type of thing. And, and I think that's the reason we got into this, um, where we, we really upped our, our broadcast level last year. It was to start to show lots of different people, the quality of the league and, and the potential of the league, what we're capable of and, you know, help us out and just let's, let's get, let's get, get on board and, uh, and, and let's keep, uh, you know, getting our message out and showcasing this league on a broader scale. And uh, it's it's a huge project and even figuring out how to put it all together and structure it and and what it's going to look like and what that vision is going to look like. You know, mm-hmm. you, you scratch your head some days because it's so overwhelming, but I, I can start to see it's, it's starting to come together and uh, there's a bunch of components and pieces. You know, they talk about, we need a better website. Well, no, it's not just a website. It's, it's a broadcast hub. It's, it's everything. It's, it's mm-hmm. all your social media that gets housed on a, on, a, on a website. It's bringing your live stream together. It's bringing your stats together. It's bringing all of these components together. It's, it's putting our podcasts, making them available mm-hmm. on that website. Mm-hmm. It's adding writers to that website. So, so people have a, a, a reason to go to that, that, that website. I mean, there's some other leagues doing a really good job. And, and we, of course, we're studying that and, and picking different things from, you know, whether it's the Northwoods League or the American Association, all these different, different leagues out there that are doing their own thing in a different way. We want to create that with, with, our, with our league as well. And I think that, to me, is a huge step in, in getting us to that next level. And it's also going to allow us to create new revenue streams mm-hmm. and tap into regional advertisers and, and, and sponsors and those types of people and that's going to help the smaller communities in the league as well, because uh, you know, let's face it, you got a one one franchise in the center of a million people playing in another right. franchise with twelve thousand. How do you make that work? Yeah. And obviously, you know, we've got a huge advantage in Edmonton here, but a, a broadcast hub allows us to find re- new revenues and and maybe create some you know new 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 ways to, to share some revenue through through all mm-hmm. the league yeah th- that's stuff that we we've talked about in the past yeah. is that you know I, I think the league needs to have a stronger social media presence mm-hmm. i think that uh, that you know that will grow but i think it's a, it's a good point you know i had parents of players on your team reaching out to me on facebook uh about the broadcasts and saying hey we're having watch parties down here you know we had your players saying that their parents were getting together so it's not just so you know uh you can attract more fans it's also so you can keep the parents of these young players in the loop and allowing them to watch their kids games and and that's important for a family decision when you know hey i'm going to be able to watch 
you know, half of your games or maybe even more of your games by, and, and you know, not just going to find this site or this site, going to one yeah. central hub. So I think it's also important for keeping those families in the game. And, and then they, you know, they feel more comfortable about uh, their, their child going off to an unlocation, unknown location when, you know, they get to see some of these uh, social media and, and uh, you know, particularly live stream games. Well, even like the family in Puerto Rico can sit down right. and, and watch their kid playing Japan. in Edmonton or Japan or, you know, Taiwan, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't touch on that, but even like from a recruitment standpoint, it's a it's huge, it's a huge, uh, you know, game changer for, for the league. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big project. It's a complicated project, but it's uh, a good one to but have it's a, though. But it's, yeah. a, it's a good one to try to figure out and, yeah. and keep working on and, and, and we'll get there. It's just, I think, you know, it's going to be something that we build slowly piece by piece. Is that something that you think is going to be beneficial for you when you're talking to players saying like, here, here's a, a file of one of our games last year. Yeah, Check it well, out. that's part of part of the recruiting pitch right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if it uh, if it gets me players, but it doesn't hurt. That's right. It, it's an added bonus. Yeah, you know, it's not like oh, you have that cam coming. That's right. Um, but but it might be a tipping. Oh, for sure. And you know, if you're not sure what you're going to do, that that might help push you towards us. And 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 the fact that we're trying to do these things for our baseball families, you know, it it, it doesn't hurt. And it's a great feature to have to be able to sit at home in California or Japan right. or Arkansas and get a chance to see, you know, your son play. And maybe he knows somebody uh, on another team, which was the case last year. Guys know guys on yeah. other teams and they're kind of from the same area and they grew up playing together. Their families were at the ballpark when they're and then both families can go together. That's right. It, it, it's it's a, the power of sport, Dino. And, and the and more technology. Exactly. And the more we can. Uh, grow that mm-hmm. uh, grow that idea like pat said that hub it, it's such a great idea and, and we we continue to work towards it follow the process yeah. you know try to overcome the adversity that we find throughout this and and you know one day have a wcbl network and and then you know we get the game of the week and yeah. we have these awesome things and that's a good thing as you mentioned um the 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 toughest part of that is the disparity in the markets right and and that's the that's going to be the biggest challenge i think in in getting that together is you know, making sure that the same work is being done in Edmonton as it is being done in Lethbridge or Yorkton or wherever it might be uh, when your le- when when your league is going, it has to be the same product, doesn't it? You you got to have that uh, that standardization, consistency. I, I, that yeah. consistency. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's critically important, and that's why I think it's important that it's 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 sort of centrally controlled yeah. and, and and it's done through uh, an organization that maybe is put together specifically. To, to to build this and create it and manage it and uh, and also to go out and find the you know the revenue for it because you got to monetize mm-hmm. it so it's um and and you know that's that is one of the greatest uh, challenges with our league is we've got we've got private operators we've got community organizations and they're, and they're different beasts and they operate different differently and they have different uh um you know d- different motivations as to why they why they do what they do mm-hmm. And so you have to find a way to bridge those gaps and bring people together, um, and and find a way to, you know, it's 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 harder in some of these smaller communities. They don't have the resources, right? And a lot of them are volunteers, and they're doing it on a volunteer basis. So it's not realistic to expect them to do right. what we're doing in Edmonton here, where we've got you know three to five staff year round, and and it's just a different beast and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, you have to, you have to find models and formulas that, that take all of that into account, but can still work. I mean, mm. I think a prime example is when you look at the NFL, like 
like how do the Green Bay Packers exist? I mean, hundred thousand people, hundred thousand people in that in that city, right? And yet they've got an NFL franchise. Well, it's because of a broadcast network. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, it's television revenues and things like that, and 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 that's what keeps that you know that's what keeps feeding the Green Bay Packers. Sure, they 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 pack their stadium, but I'm I'm guarantee you they don't have the same corporate base as, as someone in New York does or you know, some of these other larger centers. So you have to find models that kind of bridge these gaps and, and can be made to work. All right, last one for you, Pat. Um, moving forward now, are you pretty confident uh, in when where the prospects are in the city of Edmonton land, sporting landscape? I am. Um, I know you have something on Monday that was announced by the Eskimos, and obviously you're not going to tell us <laughs> I can't tell what, you. <laughs> it, what it is, but you're part of something, yes. so that's obviously exciting, I think. Yeah, we're, we're part of a, a joint a joint initiative, and uh, I think that's, uh, that's, that's positive for us and, and positive for, for sports in Edmonton, especially the summer sports. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, just to your question of, of the long-term viability of the prospects in Edmonton, I'm, I'm – I'm big on it. I, I'm I'm a believer. Obviously, I've been doing this for for more than ten years, and uh, and I just I just see a long term solution. Eventually, it will be found, and 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 the prospects will be a part of the fabric of of this city. Um, I mean, you know, the city's got this fantastic ballpark. They they need <laughs> a product, and we we bring we bring the product, and uh, you know, it's just a matter of figuring out how to how to how to also build a great district and i think uh, that's kind of you know where we're at right now all right uh, final one for you and it's, it's a coaching question um and mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with baseball but there's been a lot of talk about coaching and sport yeah. i'm not talking about uh, the, the racism because that doesn't belong anywhere yep. but there's been a lot of allegations about um, abusive coaches and the power that coaches try to have you know some of the things that mike babcock the stories about asking his player to rank the the hardest to the least hardest working. Uh, just, I'm, I'm not asking you to comment on that. Just in general coaching, you are taking kids, you know, and, and let's face it, even though some of them are 20 years old, they're still young kids. Yeah. Their parents have to trust you. Um, and you and I have talked a lot about how to coach properly. When you see all these things going on right now, it's it must turn your stomach and think, you know, we really have to make sure that these types of coaches are rooted out in all kinds of sport. Yeah, you know, and... and as a coach, you, you, you're looking to evolve so that you can communicate as best you can with your players and, and players are different now than they were 10 years, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, so a lot of this is, is how the players have evolved and what their needs are. Um, and as a coach, you're always looking to try and get better. I think if, if, if this is your profession, you're always trying to find ways to improve. Um, for me that there's an element that lies in the communication and being able to communicate your ideas to the players, it's different than when I first started in 05. Right. Um, to, to be able to connect with them, I think it is the way to uh, unlock their potential and to help them through adversity in the season. You're going to face ups and downs. Uh, to be able to provide them with some, some security that you care about them is important nowadays. Uh, um, I don't know if I ever felt that as a player. Uh, back in the day that, you know, coaches got my back. I, I, I had great coaches, mm-hmm. so it, it wasn't an issue. But whether I was going well or not, I never really felt like my job was on the line, like it was fair. Um, I think that I never really was, com- it was never really communicated so much to me what was going on. I just made it like, you better get your job. You better earn this mm-hmm. or, you know, you, you're not going to play. 
where nowadays I think like last year there was there was conversations had with different players about where we're at and uh, what what we think they need to do to improve or get more playing time and and put themselves in, a, in the best position for themselves but also for our team because they go hand in hand um, and and the other part of this is you're representing Edmonton you're representing our franchise with kids and all these kind of things so uh, the the you can only purvey that message if you keep the lines of communication open. Right. So, you know, guys are welcome to come in the office. The door is always open. We, we're always chit-chatting about life and baseball and this, that, and their family and all those kind of things. And uh, for me, I'm interested in where they come from and what, what's life like in San Diego? What's life like in Puerto Rico with Javi last mm-hmm. year? And uh, not so much with Katsu because I don't speak Spanish or Japanese. Right. So, but but he still could communicate. Like we, you know, how's how's your family doing? Oh, they're good. Yeah. And, um, he knew your name because that very first day I just <laughs> said Jordan and he pointed. <laughs> you know, and 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 like for me, uh, part part of what this is is winning games is great. But um, you know, I stay in touch with some of the guys and some of the guys that aren't coming back. I still stay in touch sure. with. Uh, just say hello. How you doing? And let them know that somebody cares about them that's outside of their circle. And I think that that, that, that that doesn't hurt them in life. And, you know, maybe down the line they need something or they need to talk to coach or they're going through something. Um, you know, we've all been through things. You know, maybe there's a way to help somebody mm-hmm. five years from now. And, and you can't do that unless you try and establish a relationship. Now, I'm not best friends with every player I've ever coached, and there's probably some guys that don't like me. Sure. Um, and that's just part of the game. And, and part of my job is to mitigate how that makes me feel yeah. as a coach and a leader. You but know, you know it. you were fair, and if you know yeah. that, then you're okay. Yeah. You did the best you could. You weren't abusive. You weren't power hunting. You know, you weren't. You tried to do the best for that kid, and, and, and maybe they don't like you, but that's life. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it yeah. doesn't. But But for sure, there's a way to go about it. Um, you know, I, I take pride in trying to do the right thing, especially with the players, but in life, you know, to do the right thing. Um, it's interesting what's going on now, you know, like the, I've broken fungos back in the day and, and yelled at my team. You know, I've got that fire and intensity. Yeah. But that, that there's it's a never, difference. It's there's never a, at a player. There's it's, a difference between the collective you know, group of guys screwing yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference between getting mad at a team for making four errors yeah. and kicking a guy in the back or, yeah. you know, whatever else has been alleged to be out there yeah, so no totally all right H- having having watched a lot of coaches yeah i've you know played for coaches and and hired coaches and sure i mean i i guess the the thing i look for is those coaches that you're going to go through good times you're going to go have adversity but they're always teaching and i think players feed off of that at any level at any level yeah. regardless of the situation as long as you're continuing to tell them why it's going well why it's not going well and you're helping them get better that, that gets you through a lot of those tough times. And, and I really appreciate coaches that have that kind of mm. style and, and, can, and, and can work through those types of times. Pat Cassidy, the owner of the Prospects, thanks very much for yeah, uh, dropping welcome. in. We look forward to a uh, long and prosperous baseball life in Edmonton and, and Spruce Grove. And, of course, Jordan, as Good always, thanks for being here. Good to see you yeah, again, you and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks very much for dropping in guys. And uh, we will have uh, the prospects baseball show back again next week. Ban the shift. It's gone. It's a grand slam. And that's the ball game. This.